0: Hey everybody, well if you care Argentina's ahead two to nothing. Um, I'm I'm pumped about that I guess. I, I just didn't want France to win. I don't know what that is. I, we lived in England and I don't think people love the French in England. So it's kind of a, got into my bones. If you're Fran- French, I just want to apologize for saying that, but I, you won, they won the last time you just shouldn't do it twice in a row, unless you're the George bulldogs. <laughs> who are definitely going to win twice in a row. Um, My name is Chris. So glad to have you here on this fourth Sunday of Advent. If you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew 1. Um, If you don't, uh, the the text will appear on the screen. And uh, just as we move toward uh, Christmas, which is happening Christmas Eve on Saturday, and as Adrian said, we're going to be here uh, three times, and we're going to also have a church family-wide potluck on uh, Christmas Eve at six o'clock. I hope you'll join us for that. It's going to be A great time. We've been marching through this Advent season trying to prepare our hearts. Uh, That that last song has been uh, so, so meaningful for for me and my own spirituality during this Advent season about prepare the way. That's the whole message of of Advent. And today we're going to look at how Mary and Joseph actually Um, go before us to actually prepare a way for Jesus. And it was a really costly thing for them to prepare the way for Jesus. And so here on this fourth Sunday of Advent, as we are moving right toward Christmas morning, we're going to let Mary and Joseph teach us. And I uh, have felt really comforted and really challenged by them this week as I've done my study. And I'm really looking forward to, to, to thinking about Mary and Joseph with you together today. to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the, by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife, but had no marital relations with her until she had born a son and he named him Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. God. Father, we thank you for the Bible. We thank you for these beautiful stories that tell us how Jesus, you came to us and how, um, how complicated that was, how you invited in the beautiful incarnation, the coming of yourself to us, God, you invited, humans that were not terribly different from us to participate in ways that were really hard and really brave. And I pray today that we would be able to see past the sentimentality of these stories, the the sense of we know these stories because we've heard them. And I pray that we would see them with fresh eyes, that we would give a fresh hearing to how costly it was for Joseph and for Mary. And we pray, God, that we would be open in our own lives to a kind of following of you that might cost us something. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So if you're new to Advent, um, you probably feel the way I felt early on when we started to observe Advent. You, You want shepherds and angels, and you want um, stars in the night sky and you want all of that stuff through the whole season. And yet it's not until today that we get to that place. It's, it's actually on the fourth Sunday of Advent that Mary and Joseph enter the story. Up until now, it's all been John the baptizer. It's been John saying, prepare, 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 get ready, get ready, get ready. Well, now we turn our attention to the events leading right up to the birth of Jesus. And I just want to say to you, that if that song is the invitation, the, the one we just sang, that, that we have to make space for Jesus, that, that in our own lives for Christmas and for life to matter, that we have to actually make room for him, Mary and Joseph actually teach us something about what that means uh, in a very concrete way. Like they literally had to make room for Jesus. And so today... We're going to let Joseph and Mary be our teachers. We're going to let their life choices um, actually inform what making room for Jesus may look like for us in this space. So let's just enter into the story. Uh, The first movement is Mary and Joseph are pledged to be married. They're engaged. And in the ancient world, engagement was a little bit uh, bigger deal than it is uh, in our world, unfortunately. Um, Now, you know, you can it goes bad. You just delete the Instagram post and it's like it never happened in the ancient world. If you were to call off an engagement, it meant you had to go through the proceedings of divorce. And so, um, there was a really big deal. Like your families were involved. It was at a time of arranged marriage. Mary and Joseph would have had their parents get involved. And you know, the older I get, the more I think, you know, arranged marriage. Let's go back. Let's do this. You know, like Mary and Joseph's families were doing some deals and they said, this is it. And then the whole community got behind it. And then all of a sudden, like if that were to end, it would have been like, scandal and heartbreak, and they would have had to go into religious court spaces and actually end the marriage through divorce, and they would have had a kind of cloud hanging over their head. It would have been just an amazingly painful and even shameful in a culture that is a shame culture, an honor culture. Like to go through a divorce would have been very devastating, um, even more so than it is today. And it's still devastating when marriages end, when, when engagements are cut off. Uh, For Mary and Joseph, this would have been a big deal. The second thing we see is that Joseph considers, and that word's really important, he considers before he acts. I don't know how he found out that Mary is pregnant. Because in the ancient world, Mary and Joseph would have had very little time to be together alone. Like they would have been supervised almost all of the time uh, to prevent the potential of scandal. So the way the culture would have worked, they would have had chaperones with them. Uh, They were both pretty young, Mary a little younger than Joseph. They wouldn't have had a lot of time. So I don't think Mary told him. I mean, I try to imagine sometimes what that would have been like, you know, Mary being like Joseph, like we're going to have to talk about this. But it's not what you think. I mean, that would have been a really tough conversation for them to have. Um, I'd actually don't think it went down that way. Um, maybe Joseph noticed that she was pregnant. Um, he maybe saw changes in her body. I don't think that would have, would have happened or been likely to happen either because um, Mary in public spaces and places with Joseph would have dressed so modestly that she probably would have been able to hide a pregnancy for an extended amount of time. The way I think he found out was through gossip. It's the way most of us find out things that, that hurt us or make us feel betrayed. I, I think there were probably people in their town that um, put the clues together, people who were in more intimate space with Mary and maybe saw her, her body changing and then the gossip wheel goes. Um, and if you've ever lived in a small town, you know that gossip Gossip spreads like wildfire. Um, everybody dies famous in small towns. I think that's a line in an old country song. Um, but, but we know how juicy bits of information get out even in our own space. Many of us have been hurt by that kind of talk. I, my gut tells me that that's how Joseph found out. And Joseph would have felt like we usually feel when we find out about things like that. Like he was the last guy to know. And he's hurt and he feels betrayed and he's angry. He feels all the things that anybody would feel in a similar space because they can't work it out. They can't talk it out. She can't explain to him. So the text tells us that he decides to divorce her. And before we throw Joseph under the bus, like that was really all he could do. In the culture of the day, in the space that they lived, all he could do. Actually, the main thing, the, the thing people would have expected was for him to publicly shame her, to humiliate her. But that's not what Joseph decides to do. He wants to divorce her, but he wants to divorce her quietly. And I think there's actually pain and there's nobility in that. There's so much going on there that we don't understand if we don't have a little bit of a bridge to the ancient world. Here's what verse 20 says in the NIV. It says, but after he had resolved to do this and that this is to divorce her quietly. Some translations say after he considered. And that word consider in the Greek language is only used really one other time in the New Testament. And it was when Herod went wild when the Magi did not come back. It said he considered. So consider means to think and to become enraged. And we miss this when we don't think about the language. Joseph allowed himself to be angry and to think. And if we're going to make space for redemption, if we're going to make space for Jesus, I believe that we need to let Joseph teach us something here. Joseph felt his feelings and he stepped back and engaged in deliberation. And because of this, the church calls Joseph, Joseph the Just. We don't know much about Joseph. This is quite literally almost all we know about him in the Bible. Mary features much more heavily in the story of the narrative of Jesus's life. Joseph probably died when Jesus was somewhat young. He's just not there in the story after this. But what we do know is that Joseph was able to hold dual experiences together when he was utterly upended. What do you do? How do you react when you're completely upside down? Joseph in this space is completely bewildered. Just don't let the story flatten. Don't don't make this into a greeting card story. Like how would you feel if you were in a space of complete betrayal and disorientation, total confusion, not knowing what to make of reality, not knowing what's up and what's down. What Joseph does is he considers... He feels and he takes deliberative space in order to behave in a way that is demonstrative of something that could be potentially redemptive. He ponders even in his anger. And I believe that there's something really important for us. How do we act? How do we behave when we feel betrayed? How do we we act when, when, when what we thought God was going to do doesn't happen or what we thought our pathway was going to look like? Our path goes down a different road. Many of us, even in a space like this, are dealing with that very kind of disorientation. And as we seek to be the kinds of people who make room for God, who try to live redemptive lives, who try to follow Jesus, even when it doesn't always make sense, Joseph is a teacher for us. Rather than react, he feels and he holds space. He ponders. I believe that for many of us, for all of us, when we go through seasons of disorientation and and ultimately our disorientation always flows back to God. Like when things don't go the way you think they're going to go, Joseph's story wasn't going the way he thought it was going to go. When we get into spaces of disorientation, I believe that we are invited to follow Joseph's example to ponder and to feel our feelings, to be able to hold things that are tense and confusing. And because of that consideration, Joseph chooses mercy before the angel shows up. Like before he hears about the strange and wild plan of God, he chooses mercy. Kenneth Bailey, one of my, favorite biblical scholars. If you're going to buy like one commentary, I would encourage you to buy Jesus through Middle Eastern eyes. It's just amazing. He lived in Palestine for 40 years. Um, I remember hearing about Bailey for the first time when N T Wright said he was one of his favorite commentarians scholars. I was like, Oh, well, if N T Wright likes him, this guy's probably really smart. This is what Bailey says. Joseph in his pain, looked beyond the penalties of the law in order to reach out with tenderness to a young woman who was no doubt bruised and exhausted. What a beautiful picture of character in the midst of bewildering circumstances. Too often we don't go down this road. Joseph actually loves Mary even in his pain. Love understood in the ancient world to be to desire her good. He didn't want to humiliate her, but he knew that he had to do something. So he makes a quiet, painful decision. But let's consider this story from Mary's perspective. Mary is thinking her life is going one way. She's found a person that her family and, and, and she believe is going to be a husband for her. Um, she's a teenager. Um, she thinks I'm going to get married. I'm going to have kids. I'm going to live the life that my peers have lived. I'm going to do all these things. And then she experiences this bewildering experience where God says, I'm about to do something that's never been done. And I want you to consent. I want you to become a house for God. Literally, her body to become a house for God. And Mary says yes to God when it derails all of her plans. This yes to God actually cost Mary everything. It cost her her reputation. It cost her the the expectations of what she thought was going to happen with her life. All of that gets upended in one moment because Mary says yes. And in this respect, Joseph and Mary both, their yes to God actually cost them a great deal. And I think that too much of the time we, we try to be people of substance and people of faith, but we really don't want it to cost us very much. Like we want it to sort of be an enhancement to a good life. And, you know, my, my faith, my spirituality is just going to make me a little better. And yet what we see for Joseph and Mary is they were willing to go down roads that were really expensive roads. Even when they felt all kinds of feelings, they said yes to God. So if we're going to stand here at the very end of the Advent season and move toward Christmas, I believe that the Lord wants us to allow Mary and Joseph to teach us something. He wants us to to open up our hearts and our minds to saying um, yes to moving forward, even when we feel like we don't know exactly what is going to happen next. The third thing we see here is that God appears to Joseph and he invites him to be brave. And he does the literal exact same thing for Mary. Uh, Bilbo Baggins, Um, the Hobbit. I love that story. And my favorite part of the Hobbit is when Bilbo, the little big footed, furry footed Hobbit guy that had never left home is out way away from home. And he's with a bunch of friends who think he's more impressive than he actually thinks he is. And they send him into a, a tunnel. It goes down under a mountain to steal something from a dragon. And there's this moment in that story where Bilbo is like in the middle of the tunnel all by himself and his friends are behind him that are going to feel totally let down by him because he feels like a coward and a dragon in front of him that's totally going to eat him. And Tolkien says something to the effect of um, Bilbo in the, in the, in the fear and the loneliness of the tunnel made a decision to put one foot in front of another and to move. Bravery is not the absence of fear. Bravery is putting a foot in front of the other, even when you feel afraid. And Tolkien says the bravest thing he ever did was that. And I believe that for many of us, as we live our lives, there come these inflection points, these moments where we are invited by God to be brave, even when we're feeling our feelings. Even when we're going through all the disorientation that life throws us. And the Lord says, I want you to be the kind of person that moves forward rather than retreats and moves backward. Joseph, Mary move forward even when they don't fully understand. And it costs them something. What I'm learning in my own life with God is that to move forward with God always costs us something. It always feels expensive. It feels hard to imagine. How do we cooperate? And Joseph and Mary are these exemplars for us on what it means to move when we feel afraid. Jesus wants you, God wants you to be the kind of person that moves forward even when you feel afraid to not check out, to not numb out, to not be a person who removes yourself from the tension of the moment that we may find ourselves in. To be a mature Christian is to progress in the midst of uncertainty. That's what it means to be mature. That's what Joseph does. That's what Mary does. They move forward. And when Joseph decides to move, The angel tells him two really important things about Jesus. This is the last thing we're going to look at. Two very important things about Jesus. The angel says to Joseph, the child will save and the child will be Emmanuel, which means God near to us. The child will save from sin and be near when he does that work. As we move in our lives toward Christmas morning, We are moving toward the birth of a Savior who saves us. The name Jesus is a derivative from an old Hebrew word, Joshua, Yeshua, which means God will save. Jesus is the new Joshua. Joshua led the Israelites, remember, into promise. Moses got them to the edge, Joshua took them in. Jesus is the new Joshua. He takes us into places of promise. He moves us forward, but He does it not from a distance. Emmanuel means God with us. Eugene Peterson, one of my favorite pastors and writers in John 1 of his translation called The Message said, God, the word became flesh and moved into the neighborhood. Emmanuel means God is proximate to you. He saves. He's proximate. The miracle of Christmas is that God has done something for us that actually might Give us the courage to live our lives for him because he wants to rescue you from sin and he wants to do it while showing you that he is near to you. Those clues about Jesus, I believe, are meant to move us toward Christmas morning. That we love and worship and look to a God who wants to rescue us and wants to show us that he is near to us, wants to heal us. And I think we struggle sometimes to believe that. The last year and a half for me have been the hardest year and a half that I've I've ever lived. Uh, And that's true for many of us probably for one reason or another. I know in my own life that when I went away from this church for four months in a state of like remarkable darkness and burnout, there were times where I didn't know what I believed. I didn't know what I thought about anything. And probably in the darkness of those moments, I would have feared all kinds of things, feared that I was losing myself, feared that I was losing my faith, feared that I was losing a sense of clarity around the world and the future and all of that stuff. And yet I look back and realize that I was in those places of vulnerability. And yet Jesus was saying, I am going to see you through. I am going to save you and I'm going to show you my kindness. Now, here's the reality. When we go through dark seasons, we don't experience things that way. It's hard to see when you're in the dark. And yet I believe that as we move through the very end of this Advent season, God wants to show us that he sees us even when our eyes don't feel very clear, even when we're not seeing things very clearly. So here's the question I want to leave you with. If Jesus came to save us from sin and to be God with us, Where do we need an awareness of that work in our lives right now? We're gonna spend just a few moments in quiet reflection. We're just gonna ask some Christmas questions about Jesus. If you, Jesus, came to save me from sin and to be God with us, where do I need to feel that or be aware of that? So what I wanna invite us to do is just to take a few moments of silence to just think, to reflect, and then we'll come to communion, but first let's just be still. Let's ask some questions and maybe ask God to come in to an area or some areas in your life and say, I need to feel aware of your reality. So let's just do that for a few moments and then we'll, we'll come to communion. If we're able, let's stand together.